Welcome to another episode of the Pals Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Liorti. And before we jump into this week's episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown of things happening in my life and some of the exciting things happening in the city of Toronto. And I missed it last week. So this one, probably, I'll try and wrap it up in five minutes and then we'll get to the episode with Graham Scott Fleming. And uh, let me just tell you, we had a good time on this one. We actually became good friends. We went out after the episode. So I'll get to that shortly. Things happened with me in my life. I ran a half marathon. As you know, I'm training for this Ironman or a half Ironman. And it's kind of whipping my ass and I'm kind of regretting tr- signing up for it. But I signed up for it and I hate quitting. So I ran uh, the Toronto Half Marathon last week and it went pretty well. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was. I ran it in an hour and 53 or 54 minutes. Can't remember. So that, that felt really good. I also played in a pickleball tournament in Stratford, Ontario with my cousin Andrew, and we got our asses handed to us. Um, it's a little different than how we did in Grand Rapids a few weeks back where we both medaled. This time we literally went 0 for 5 and just got dominated. But we had a really good time, so that's good. I also bought a pickleball team. If you haven't heard about that yet, go back to one of the recent episodes. I kind of explained the whole thing in a good 10, 15-minute episode, so I won't talk too much about that. But basically, yeah, pickleball is taking over my life to a certain extent. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are unfortunately out of the playoffs. Uh, that's been a big downer to the city lately, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because the city's alive when either the Raptors or the Leafs or the Jays are in the playoffs. I find like the city is just going, going, going. So that was definitely a bummer. Uh, and we got Danny back on the pod. I don't know if you guys heard the last episode with Sarah Nasso. Uh, Danny is finally back in the studio recording. Some episodes that you'll hear now, she's not on because I recorded them while she was still in tax season. Uh, but Danny's back in the mix. And Danny, we fucking love you, man. And we, we miss you. It's it's not as fun doing the pod alone. Uh, obviously, I, I'll do I'll be still doing episodes here and there alone. But we're going to try and have Danny on the pod as much as we can because she definitely brings uh, a different perspective. And having another woman on the podcast, especially when I have a woman guest, is, is great. So And Danny's one of the homies too. So Danny, if you're listening, I love you. I uh, got these new hats in for the pals. If you're watching on YouTube, these are the new pals hats. I don't want to really call them merch because I'm not selling them. So it may... I, I guess it is still merch anyways, but um, yeah, I got new Pals hats. They're cream and green, just colors I like. They say good vibes only on one side, 2020 on the other. That's where the year we started the pod, me and Georgie. And uh, I'm not going to be selling these. I've decided I'm just going to be giving them out to guests and friends of the pod. If you listen to the pod regularly, and I know you listen, if you share our clips and you support, I promise you will get one at one point or the other. I don't have too, too many, so... Got to try and make them last the summer, especially considering I'm not selling them and I don't have the money to just hand out hundreds and hundreds of hats. But we will uh, we will get you some. So um, I guess let me jump into it now. The episode with Graham Scott Fleming uh, was awesome. I didn't know really too much about him before he came on. And it was one of those episodes where we sat down. And one, he's like the nicest dude ever. Graham, you're literally possibly one of the nicest dudes ever. Uh, it's such a genuine, like kind soul. And we just had a good time. We like, hit it off like brothers almost. Uh, when we sat down, we started shooting the shit, chatting. We spoke about his like career on Broadway, how he kind of made it out of his small town. Talked about his newest uh, single that just got released, Toughest Act to Follow. And we had a good time. Like Again, it's what the pod's about. It's, become, it's about being friends with people you meet. And I really think you, the listeners, the audience, you'll really feel like you became friends with him on this one because I did. I wasn't supposed to be like, we weren't even really drinking. He wanted a drink. I had a drink. We ended up going out later that night to locals only, and then we ended up going to karaoke after two with a couple of friends and Jess, um, Jess uh, Graham's PR 
person was with him too. And, uh, and then I had another friend join us and we just had a really good time. It's, it's, it's what makes me love the pod again, meeting people like that and having an episode where you generally become friends with someone and you really get to know somebody. And then you like, it's his birthday coming up actually. So wish him a happy birthday. Cause his birthday is literally on Monday. I think uh, after this episode releases, so uh, he invited me out to his birthday. I'm going to tr- do my best to make it. But uh, Graham, man, next time you're in the city, I love you, man. I, I'm so glad we got to do this. You're a beauty. And I, I'm going to be seeing you at the Canadian Country Music Association of Ontario's Awards, the CMAO Awards. I'm going to be there. I know you're nominated. So I'll see you there. And honestly, LFG, let's go. Oh, cheers, I guess. Cheers, my man. What's your go-to drink? Honestly, whiskey. What'd you say this one was again? This is a bourbon whiskey. Brothers Bond, correct? Brothers Bond. Yeah, so it's that new whiskey by the guys from Vampire Diaries. Okay. Uh, Ian Summerholder and something... Something I, I I can't remember. I know like every every, every girl just loves these guys, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Because that TV show just like caked back in the day. Well, so does this whiskey. Damn, it's really good. It's it, actually smooth. I wasn't so expecting it to be exactly that how we're doing this. That's how it started. My buddy brought it in. My buddy Neil. We sat down. We put it on the table, and he starts talking. But I'm like, hey, let's just try it. Fuck it, we're here. Yeah. We started drinking. Next thing you know, we polish off more bottle. than half the bottle. <laughs> If you open my fridge right now, it's literally just like half drinking bottle. Because it just <laughs> yeah, starts exactly as, what do you feel like? Oh, what's that? What's that in the fridge? Try that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it goes. Do you have a favorite whiskey? Not really, no. I'm not, I'm not a big whiskey guy. I guess Brothers Bond is my favorite whiskey now by it association. Now. <laughs> like, Sponsored. Any, yeah. Any, <laughs> anytime your friends do something, you always want to support. And yeah. I think whenever you support them, you generally end up liking it more just because you have that emotional connection to it. Yeah, I feel that. I don't know. Do you feel that? Like, yeah, 100%. I guess it works with like music too. Like when, you, when you're friends with someone who's doing music, you want them to succeed so much more. So you're into their music more. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, anybody I have on the podcast, I think out of my top 10 like most played artists, half of them I probably had on the podcast. Oh, now. I love that though. Just because eventually like when you get to know someone on a personal level and then you get to go see them perform live... I've gotten to see probably half the artists we've had on the podcast perform live. Wow. Like we had, um, actually a good, like a really, she's become a really close person to me and like a, a, a really important person in my life. Um, do you know Rev? Brie Donolo. Rev. The so she just Rev won a, yeah, she just won a Juno for, um, the song Control to Lead. It was like best like yes, EDM yes. song or something. Sorry, yes. I mean, her become really close and I saw her perform live and I was like, you're the most talented fucking person ever. I love that. And it's just because, I know her too. And like on stage, she's completely different. Like I've seen press. There's so many. I could list go on for days because we do so many musicians now. But also about that, like when you, when you do this, like stuff like this and you're talking to artists and you get to know them a little bit more and like why they wrote the song or, you know, just how they are in person. And then you see them perform. It's, it's just cool. It's like the full package. It's so much fun when you get to do this. Cause, and I love music and I love concerts. I have zero musical talent. Like when I mean zero, (laughs) give us a few notes. I, I couldn't <laughs> say so like a B minor Maybe a couple more like, of this in there. No, trust me, man. We go karaoke and you know, the guy that's oh, got like, you know, the guy that's got so much fucking heart and zero talent. That is me. <laughs> like I'm the worst singer you'll ever hear in your entire life. Well, we'll find out one time. 
Well, oh man, we'll you want to go? Ki- we'll, we'll see, no, I can't. Night. See, I can't go karaoke with you. Why because not? Because you're fucking good. Listen, but karaoke is about like no, no, no. Listen, nah, you get to nah, explore nah. the songs that I would never sing. Like as yeah, a good again, singer. Yeah, but you're you're a professional singer. Like you do this, right? Well, then so, I'll just go and support you. I'll be the bartender. Okay, there we go. No, no, <laughs> yeah, just, just like how I go support like real singers. Like I'll you guys got to come, yeah, support. Me. <laughs> Even Bree. So we were out at the bar on. Um, I guess are you familiar with Toronto? Yeah, I used to live here. Okay, where'd yeah. you live? I lived, uh, when I did King Boots here, I was living in City Place. Okay, so yeah, right down the street. What yeah. years, actually? I lived in City Place uh, for two years. I was here from 2011 to 2016, and then I left. Wow, so we would have overlapped. I lived there in 2014 to 16. It was still pretty new. I lived in Telegram. I Telegram lived in uh, 15 Ice Boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. apparently now the building's like really bad. Apparently, I can't say it on the pod. Actually, fuck it. I can. It's my pod. Uh, apparently, there's <laughs> all like the you want. hookers and drug dealers and shit. There. Really? Yeah, like prostitution, really bad. Oh, apparently, shit. I don't know. So that's where I got to go hang out tonight. <laughs> I can show you a couple <laughs> spots. No, I'm kidding. Um, fuck, what was I just going to say? Oh, so with, this, with Bree, my friend uh, Rev. Yeah. We're at the bar the other night on King West. We were at Locals Only and Laissez Faire. Okay. And she's like, do you want to go karaoke? I was like, I would love to, just not with you on a random Thursday night. Like, I would need to either be really drunk or you would need to be really drunk for right. us to go karaoke. Like, <laughs> Come I don't on, though. It's so fun. Karaoke, I, I love karaoke. Regardless, is always one of those nights that is so fun to go out. Okay, let me ask you. Private karaoke or like main room karaoke? Okay, so I never knew about private karaoke until I went to New York. And there, it's like all only private. They don't yeah. really have any like public here. I've only ever done public. Really? But now, well, fuck, your job is public karaoke, basically. Well, I used to love that's that. literally what you do for a living. Right? I know, that's it. But I used to love doing it just because. You're well, good I, at it? Well, I wasn't doing like what I'm doing now back then. Okay, that's fair. Back then, it was still like, I didn't really, I didn't consider myself an amazing singer yeah, or, or like, a musician. Or a musician, yes. Yeah, a real musician. An amazing singer. <laughs> you, you consider yourself like a part time karaoke. Correct, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I showed up every Sunday. Um, <laughs> I'm like, all right, he's here again, Graham. Get him on stage. What's your song? Oh, Are you yeah. singing the same one again? <laughs> I was wearing my in ears and yeah. everything. <laughs> Brought your own guitar. Yeah, yeah actually, I don't need. I don't karaoke. even need the words on the screen. I don't even need the music. Yeah, yeah. I got you can this turn one. that off. Yeah, yeah, Joe, just just go have a drink for a second. <laughs> yeah, that was it. No, but yeah, uh, private karaoke there. It was fun because it was just all the friends and like. Again, we were all singers. Like we used to go in New York just from our Broadway show to the karaoke room and just like sing shit that we never really get to sing. But, See, but do people look at you guys like fuck these guys are so good but if it's private it's just us Actually, anyway. i guess that's true yeah i did um in one, public probably yes. have you gone to the china have you gone to chinatown here yes so the karaoke's in chinatown are unbelievable yeah so good. like they don't have last calls either you can buy alcohol till whatever time you, you get want. cold tea after yeah okay you know you yeah. know the drill. <laughs> so we um we went this one time and i brought my friend alex with me and we used to go like a big group of us, right? You get a you get a group of ten of you. You get the room. You spend your I don't know it's so cheap too. Like a bottle yeah. is like one hundred fifty bucks, and you get like two bottles, three hundred bucks. There's ten of you, like, and you have a great night. We went there, and she brought her friend, and her friend was like, honestly, one of the best. She is the best karaoke singer I've seen live. One of the better singers I've seen live. Okay. I was just like, who the fuck? She sang like some crazy Adele song, and I'm like. Yo, like that was really fucking good. Yeah, I was like, sorry, what, what are? And she's like drunk too. I was like, are you like a, a singer, like secretly or something? Like, and I'm like creeping her Instagram, like looking for like the reels or the videos of her like properly singing. singing. No, <laughs> just has a really good voice. Loves karaoke. I was like, fuck, I love this. Hey, some people are the good karaoke singers. Well, that's true. That's true. were you were you good like growing up? I guess. Okay, take me pre Broadway. Okay, yeah. Then we'll get into that too because that's crazy. Yeah, sure. I uh, I really didn't know I could sing. Like I was in high school, I was doing all sports. I was lining myself up to be a teacher. 
didn't think ever once this would be like something or where I'd be sitting here now talking to you. But uh, I was just joking, singing the American National Anthem down the hallway. Like, it's like a full Glee story, genuinely. Yeah. And uh, American I mean, National Anthem is just fucking amazing. Oh, too. it's crazy. It's, the, it's, it's so, so good. I'm not even, we're not even American. I still love it. Well, it's, I shouldn't say it's better. I can't, oh, Canada's better. No, fuck it. Yeah. Absolutely not. Man. I know, American, I know. Okay, okay. I'm yeah, trying to be. It's so good. <laughs> trying it's, you're trying to be like, yeah, you're trying. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to play the that. game a little bit. I feel that. No, but uh, yeah, I was just like, like I was full. I was like, oh, shit. Like doing shit like that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And, but that was just like funny to me. It wasn't like I didn't know. I didn't have training. I didn't have any of that. Anyway. Because you grew up in a small town, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Elm, it called? Elmville. Elmville. Elmville, Ontario. Where, where is that? It's like 20 minutes north of Barrie. Okay. We got a zoo. Okay. And fun fact, we got some of, or we do have the purest water in the world. Really? It's a weird fact, but yeah, like they have all the scientists from everywhere come in and like test it. And it was fully tested. Some of the purest water in the world. Oh, well, fuck. Look at that. Yeah. So if you want to come get some pure water. <laughs> well, I'm in Barry every now and then. Dude, we I'm have like a spring tap. People actually line up to fill like big jugs of water up in it. It's crazy. Fun fact? Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, okay, I'm like, the music teacher, he pulled me in. He's like, do you want to join blues band? I was like, absolutely not. I'm like, talk. I was walking with my boys. He's like, come on. Just like, come sing a couple songs. And it was grade 11, 12. It was grade 12. And. You know, grade 12 is a weird year because you're like trying to figure out who the hell you even are. I think we're and still... What you're, what you're trying to do after. Exactly. You're forced too quickly to go into school and like uh, pick a career. It's crazy. 100%. Anyway, um, so I just had time to myself and I was like, I'm just going to explore the shit out of this. And I showed up like hesitant as hell, but he handed me a mic and we didn't sing any blue songs at all. We were actually singing uh, Cold as Ice from Foreigner. Okay. And... I grabbed the mic and I was singing and you know I can fo- I knew I could follow a note like karaoke I used to do karaoke at the bowling alley all the time when I was younger but never once again did I think I could sing um, and I just remember the feeling of like oh shit this feels good alright I there's can some- fucking do this well there's something about it that felt good like singing with a band like I've always just sang to tracks but like we were singing with a full band and it felt really good and I'm like what do I do now though like what, what does this mean and uh, I went and I switched all my courses I started to take vocal it was like two months into the semester too. I switched to vocal uh, production and what was the other one? I think it was songwriting or something like that. I didn't even know we had that in our school, to be honest. Yeah, I, but yeah, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, that year I ended up um, joining this contest that Kicks 106 is now Pure Country. They were throwing, it was called North of Nashville Star. And I just signed up. Again, it was like one of those things I just showed up, like signed up, not expecting anything. And I ended up winning which is crazy and i got to open for like some of these people that i've been listening to on the radio for forever um i don't know how far you want me to go into this but Keep going yeah i know so did that and i'm like oh shit this is like really happening my parents are like what the f are you doing wait okay did your parents understand that like this could potentially be a career or Absolutely they were like not. okay typical parents I, I think they're like i think it took them till like four years ago and now oh, i've been doing this for a long time yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it was, I think all of us were just like, oh, this is just a fun little moment. I'm still going to go to university. I'm still accepted and I've already accepted into Windsor. And uh, right now, You went this to is Windsor just, from Elmville? I was like, I got to get the That's fuck like out of here. That's like a five hour drive. <laughs> yeah. I, I chose the furthest one. Uh, fuck, man. Good but, for you. Uh, furthest one you can drive to. Yeah, fuck for real. Yeah. But it was also, it was the program. The program I did, it's, uh, it's world renowned. It's called Drama and Education. So okay. it's the only school that has it. Okay, so that's, that's a good reason. Then. Yeah, but I I purposely looked it up. <laughs> like, what can I take there? Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was learning how to teach kids 
um, curriculum, but using drama. Okay. So getting them up on their feet. That's yeah, how yeah. I learned. I'm not like a copy the notes off the board. I hated when they did that in school because that, that you don't pick Do you remember up the uh, the projector, yes. not the projectors. It was um, I don't even know what they're fucking called anymore. I'm going you, blank. It was like a um a big. Box yeah, with got the, the light. light. Yeah, that's a projector. It's a projector. It's right? an okay. old ass projector. Yeah, the old ones, right? <laughs> yeah. And they had the clear uh, sheets, and they would yes. write on them. Yeah, okay. I don't. I've never understood that. The teachers just put that on, and they walked away. Just copy the notes. Yeah, it's like learn you, from you, this. Do you really How? think that works? Like, talk to me. Show me. It's crazy. Were so, you a good student, by the way? Yes and no. I okay. was valedictorian. I feel like okay, so bullshit. You were definitely a good student. No, but I'm saying yes and no because no, I used to, I was suspended in grade six. For telling the teacher to f off, don't oh, do grade that. Grade six, but the balls hadn't even dropped. You tell me you're <laughs> badass in school. Give me a break. No, I wasn't badass. I just was. I was not oh, you're focused. You're valedictorian. <laughs> I was. Of course, you're a good student. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't focused. It took me a while to like when I was doing that shift. Like I said, like I didn't know who the hell I was. Grade nine and ten, I was still getting kicked out of class. I was skipping school. I just didn't give a shit. And it took a couple of teachers to kind of rally me in, and um, including the music teacher who was, you know. I don't, I don't want to say grooming me because that means something different now. I like that. So okay. so he was uh, he was showing me a different way that I could go about life. I'll just say that. Okay. Um, and and I turned myself around. I like became the president of Students Athletic Association. I was doing all the sports. So, so you're I was doing keeping, sports and music at this point. Yeah. And you're still getting good grades. Yeah. And you're trying to tell me that you weren't a good student. I, I again, I was after. I would say okay. from grade ten and up, okay. I turned shit around. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. fucking amazing. It was teacher's pet for sure. <laughs> Hey, it works out, man. Sometimes it works out. <laughs> it did I for was me. that student where I was like, I tried really hard and then I just do stupid shit too. Like my, I remember my vice principal, he always just pull me in and like, oh, well, I went to a private school in Toronto and I had an older brother. So this, like school knew my family. Right. At one point me and somebody's we were like trying to tip over the mini bus. Like just, we, we know we can't <laughs> tip it over, but we're just like trying well, you to. tried. Vice principal comes, we all run, grabs me, brings me to his office. And you always say Mr. Leordi. And I was like 15 or something. <laughs> Mr. Leordi. What would your mother say if I called her right now and told her what happened? I'm like, she'd be, she'd be pissed. Yeah. What would she say if I told you I suspended you right now? I'm like, please, she'll be really pissed. And I was fucking scared of my mom. I'm like, scared of my mom. Yeah. Say, like, if I call her right now and I tell her she's going to come get you and you're suspended, how pissed is she? I'm like, she'd be really fucking pissed. It's <laughs> like, all right, remember that. Don't do it again. And kick me out. I'm like, damn. Damn, all and right. Did, and did you tip a bus again? Fuck no. <laughs> but I did something else stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, that's high school though. Yeah. We're all we're all little shits. Like, and they, I feel like teachers understand that they're just trying to be. Most of the teachers that were in my high school had just got into teaching. Okay, that's so fair. now we're friends. Okay, which is kind Actually, of yeah. Because you're probably wait. How old are you? I'm 32 now. Okay, so my age. Yeah, you doing 90? yeah. 91. 90. Oh, I'm 32 oh. in May. So happy birthday! Early birthday. What's your birthday? Yeah, almost May 22nd. May you know what? I'm gonna do my best to release this as close to your birthday as possible. Oh, that'd be sick. Well, then it's like a little birthday. And then should we go to the Jays game and like get a little drunk? Buddy, I is, I'm actually my May's a little bit busy. Oh, so you're declining but, my first invitation? But no, already. we can't. Wow. We can't do something. Wow, where you, no where birthday you hangs for, for me. You, go, you want to go to Nashville? May two for a weekend? Oh shit! Country singers love Nashville. I know that. I go like every three months. So yeah. Done. Let's go. Okay, maybe. All right, let's, let's, see my, oh, yeah. let's see how many drinks we have on this podcast. That's it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Wait, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. We're at the point valedictorian. You're graduating high school. You still yeah. went to Windsor. You yeah. enjoyed the experience there. Yes, yeah. So I did the contest. Then from there, they sent. They tried to send me to like acting auditions, but I was like, I'm going to school. That's what my parents want, blah, blah, blah. And at that time, I thought I wanted that too. Um, did you still want to be a teacher at this time? 
I still would be a teacher, and I think maybe the cards aren't done of that okay. yet. Okay. Maybe later on in life. Like I, I, lo- I have a passion for teaching just because I didn't learn the same way, or I didn't learn the way I wanted to learn in school. That's and I know there's a lot of kids who feel that way. So like and break, break not breaking the the chain, but like kind of refining the system. Yeah. So again, you don't you're not you wouldn't be that teacher that just goes and writes shit on the whiteboard. Exactly. We like we did it. Like I was in a grade eight class, and we got them up on their feet. We moved their desks all aside, and the principal actually offered me a job my first year of university because all the kids were actually paying attention. I even had a kid with Asperger's who they said originally like when I first got in the class, they were like, "Don't worry about him. Uh, he won't partake in anything." And I'm like, "Okay, perfect. So that's my project now." I got him writing in a journal, just like scribbles and whatever. And then he started writing like what he was thinking on the class. And then I told him, um, tell me how you would run a class, like what you would want to do. And he wrote exactly what he would want me to do. So the next class I did exactly that with all the kids and their faces just glue up when he stood up and started participating. And then from then on, he participated in every single thing. It's because I gave a kid a chance. That gives me goosebumps. Like it's just such a, like a heartwarming episode like yeah. a heartwarming moment yeah oh it made me that was my project from the beginning so it felt i feel like you're just a fucking nice guy eh? is he I, just like the nicest guy i try to be i think like you're just such a nice fucking guy i just wish people gave people more of a chance it's like okay i just got back from dominican last week you're fucking preaching man <laughs> I, yeah. I was in dominican last week and it was really like eye-opening to see like no matter where you are in dominican like people were taking me in i met friends with all the staff and they like took me to get my hair cut. We were like in their actual houses there. It was wild. But everywhere you go in Dominican, people look at you and they say, hola. Like they say, hi. Here, do you see any eye contact when you're walking down the street? No. People are I looking. I see a little bit. No. Well, that's because people are checking you out. Duh. I see a little bit. You're like a construction model, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but people are just on their phone. Like you'll look up for a second, but like there everyone says hi. Everyone's shoulders are dropped. Everyone's like trying to work together here everyone seems like they're working against each other so what do you think it is about are you saying when you mean here you mean toronto or canada as a whole i think just everywhere as a whole everywhere america too i think maybe i'm wrong for saying that but i just let me ask you this do you think it has anything to do with the weather (laughs) so and this might be the honestly maybe ever no uh, remember how about fuck i can't say two weeks ago because this is gonna be released in a few weeks do you remember that week in early april Mid early April, where we had that really nice week of weather. Oh yeah, really. Yeah, it was yeah. like ten days. We had like twenty one. Yeah, it was so hot. I went for a walk, and I I walk and I run on on the lake all the time. And legend. Yeah, we'll try. Um, training for the Ironman. <laughs> I told you. Um, I always try and make eye contact, and I always try and say hi to people running by because I know that they're going exactly through I'm what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And then even like when you're walking down King West, Queen West, um, any any like the major like pedestrian streets in, in the city i always try and say hi and smile because i just think it's the nice thing to do and it's yes. like you never know what can happen out of that you maybe you make a friend maybe you meet cool people you never fucking know and it doesn't cost anything yes. it doesn't cost anything in the winter when i'm walking and i still walk in <laughs> the like, winter fuck off. like i'm going for a run after this potentially depending on how much we drink Jeez. if it's cold i don't fucking look up i don't smile i'm just like okay let me get through this fucking stomp 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 like i don't i just i don't have the excitement or the will to smile at people in the winter that is cold that makes sense like i understand that you know like in florida i go down to florida often when i'm in florida anybody anytime i go for a walk anytime i do anything i'm always like oh hey yeah nice dog oh my god what's his name (laughs) oh it's a hurt oh so cute (laughs) anything i'm just like looking for any reason to talk to you when it's fucking cold in canada i'm just like don't fucking look at me 
Yeah, okay, don't, okay. I heard I, what happened on the TTC today. Don't fucking look at me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The States is uh, Maybe that's it. Maybe, Maybe that's it. New York, New York was kind of the same. Actually, New York is probably worse than Canada because everyone's just in a rush all the time. I feel that. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. In the summertime, like I've, I've only been to New York uh, in the last couple of years in the summer or like during warmer seasons. And I find that people are fucking nice in the summer. Yeah. People always say Canadians are nice, but they're like in New York specifically either. No, uh, that's a lie. There's no middle ground. People are either uh, okay, assholes yeah. Yeah, or I, super I nice. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it is. Okay. Well, so, but wait, well, you just said something that is funny and my friends would tell anyone this about me all the time everywhere you go you like try to make a little moment so i've traveled a lot by myself and i've had to make friends everywhere i go like windsor i didn't know anybody um i go to la i go to wherever um i say this all the time there's no harm in saying hello to somebody be nice yes because you could either end up with the best story of your life or a friend for life or if no one wants to talk then you end up where exactly where you were before man i've met so many friends around the world now just from saying hello it's, are, it's the best feeling I'm too. so aligned with you on that yeah. And some people So I'm like an extrovert extrovert I, I'm very outgoing and very social I love making friends I love meeting Same. people And people are like Oh how do you go places alone And I've been traveling alone a lot lately Because George My retired co-host pal he's, uh, he's now got an engagement He's got a wedding to pay for So we don't travel as much as we used to together Right uh, So a lot of times I just go alone I got no problem going alone I was just in LA alone I was in um, Where else did I go alone recently? I can't remember Anyways and I have no problem. I went to Miami alone. Just sitting at a bar, smiling. Again, if you're like creepy staring at someone, yeah. Okay. Yes, there's a fucking, difference, yeah. yeah. But if you smile, say hi, hey. If they don't say hi back, who fucking cares? Exactly. You're, the odds of you running into a person that doesn't say hi to you ever again is, is so fucking small. Yeah, yes. So who cares? Even if they're like, oh, fuck you, loser. Okay, well, so, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. And that, you know what? And then that maybe someone else besides too, you sees that and like, oh, fuck, I feel so bad for the guy sitting at the bar by himself. Let me go talk to him. Yeah. All the time, dude. All it's, the time. It's crazy. And some people are like, oh, I don't know how you make friends when you travel alone. I'm like, I make more friends when I travel alone than when I travel with my with other my more introverted friends. Because when I'm with my more introverted friends, I'll be like, and like, I have a friend who's single is kind of an introvert. So when we go out together, I'll be like, hey, let's go talk to those girls. And it's always like, you go talk to the girls and bring the girls back here. Okay. It's like, if that's the case, I'll just fucking go on my own. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, need exactly. you. Like, I'll just go do it alone. Yeah. I might as well be alone on this trip, right? Yeah. Dude, I, when I was in LA, I know now we're getting off topic, but no, the, the, the best part is there's no off topic. Okay, Sorry, sweet. We can talk about whatever we want. In, in LA, I went there for a month, just kind of like suss it out because my green card's been approved. So before I got into country again, I was just planning on doing acting either LA or New York. And I went to LA for a month and met so many people along the way, including Darren Chris, who he was on Glee. Um, so that's a full met. circle moment for you, eh? Oh, dude. Because your I've story is oddly, I've had oddly so many full circle moments. It's crazy. Like the foreigner, we'll come back to that. I like From Cold that. as Ice, we, we, we'll come I back. I got to keep notes here. This is where Danny usually comes and writes this down. Because at the end, when I'm like looking at her, anything else, she's like, oh, yeah, we want to hear the foreigner story. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll come back. Remember that. Just remember that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I met Darren. Um, I ended up at his wife's bar. And then before I met him, I ended up at his wife's bar. It's called Tramp Stamp Grannies. And she's a piano bar. I okay, love I shit say, like that. What a fucking name. Yeah, it's wicked. Tramp, Tramp Stamp, Stamp Grannies. Grannies. Yeah. She's a piano bar. It's so fun. They have a lot of parties there. Um, Gotta check it out. And so, yeah. So I went there, met a bunch of friends. I was friends with the bartenders. Again, started talking to everybody. Met friends with them. Came back to New York and I was just at a bar and Darren and Chris walked in. 
to the bar I was in. I walked over to him. I was like, hey, man, like, I was just at your wife's bar in L.A. He's like, oh, cool. We started chatting. He's like, do you want to come do karaoke? <laughs> He's like, do you want to come do karaoke with me? So I went with him and his manager, and then I sang with him just some freaking Broadway shit. And uh, his manager was like, we should we should talk. He's like, are you going to be in L.A. anytime soon? I was like, fuck yeah. Booked the trip. <laughs> went back <laughs> I wasn't, for a month. but yeah. I am now. I went back, and I talked to them about music and this and that. Met Darren and him. Um, and then obviously went back to his wife's bar, but then I stayed there for a month that time. And, uh, I just met a whole bunch of people along the way and 30 people that I met, my birthday was at the end of the month. 30 people that I met came to my birthday at tramp stamp grannies, just 30 random people. So I was, my birthday party was nobody that I knew a month prior. <laughs> That's wild. That's just from going to random bars or like going to shows and talking to people there and, yeah, I didn't know anybody. And now I was just in LA this year, beginning of this year, and I met up with them again. Like, it's so cool. And then that is also like the power of like social media and how easy it is to for stay, sure. now, stay yeah, in touch for sure. with people and like to connect. I, uh, man, everything you're saying, I'm, I feel like me and you are I know, very we'd, similar. We'd stuff. be a good travel buddy. Oh, man, fuck. <laughs> the best part is I love, so I work for my family business too. So any like long weekend, for me to just get up and leave is so easy. Yeah. I work for my family business. We don't really work on weekends. Even if we do, I have my phone. I don't have a wife or kids, so I don't really have any real responsibilities outside of my work. And I have enough points that I can basically fly anywhere in the world anytime I want. Right. I have a hookup for hotels, so I get cheaper hotels than oh, the shit. average person. You do need to hang out with this guy, Mark. So the only thing that costs me money are these fucking stupid <laughs> drinks. Drinks. Like, if you see my, my Amex bill in Toronto, my Amex bill, I kid you not. It's like Uber, 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 Scotiabank Arena, drinks, 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 concert tickets, drinks, drinks, <laughs> drinks, concert ticket, Uber, Uber, Uber Eats. Like, that's it. Damn. Because I don't even shop anymore. I just wear shit that people give me. Like, this sweater. So, I was going to say, I love that sweater. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, where's that from? There's a band called John Famous. I actually bought this one, actually. I, like, okay. I bought this one because I wanted to support. It supports. Um, it's a they're a band from Toronto. We had them on the podcast too. And I've seen, I bought this at their concert. We had them. I didn't know anything about these guys. And Trav, if you're, li man, if you guys are listening, I fucking love you, by the way. <laughs> they, uh, they're a little two man band. They got, or a lead singer, I guess the other one plays guitar or bass or something. Then they have a drummer or whatever. They came on our podcast. I knew nothing about them. Our old podcast used to be hours. Were about, episodes were about an hour and a half. Okay. We had them on a Saturday or Sunday, like midday sun shining. I think we had a three-hour episode with them, and we crushed all the booze. So you were pounding. We dirt. crushed all the booze we had in the studio. That's the only reason <laughs> the episode probably ended. Because, again, when you're four people, it's like me, George, and the two of them. Yeah. When one person goes to the bathroom and one person gets up to make drinks, you don't even skip a fucking beat. Right, yeah, like for sure. Car, it's just, you don't even notice that someone's gone. Right. We went three fucking hours. And the Damn. second time we had them on, we ended up all going out after to... Have you been to Parlor in Toronto? No. So Parlor's... Uh, it's. I guess a bar, restaurant, supper club, but like very cool, chill vibes. It's where I record my my other studio that I record. I was upstairs it's called Dear Lady. It's a nightclub there. Okay. We all went to saw like a Sunday fun day there at Parlor, and we had the best fucking time. I love that. So I actually got I gotta talk to these guys and maybe get them um, get them back in the pod. John Famous Boys, I love you guys. They know. Speaking of going out in Toronto though, Toronto ten years ago, completely different. Oh yeah. I came back and I was like, like even recently, I'm like, I don't even know where anything is. Even I just was walking here and I was like, where'd the Met go? So the, um, the entertainment district is gone. Right. So 10 years. So I used to do club promo in like my past life. Okay. 
and I worked, so we promoted clubs. Me, I had a partner. We basically threw parties every Friday and Saturday all over the entertainment district. Right. It's all gone. Damn. It's just condos and like grocery stores and random yeah. shit. And like now I feel like even New York's is very similar. There's not, there's less clubs and more supper clubs or bars yes. or speakeasies. Yeah. When it was before, it was like, hey, a 500-person club, 800-person club, 1,000-person yeah. club, you know, with a big DJ was like the cool thing to do. Now it's more like, hey, I want to go somewhere that has like three, 400 people max. Mm-hmm. Somewhere I can go, sit down, have dinner, grab late-night snacks, and stick around for some cool cocktails. If I want, I can still get bottle service, but I don't need to and like need to feel awkward. Right. There's still a few clubs that, that are around in the city, but I just feel like they're not as like prominent as they used it's to. It's not like it was, yeah. I used to bartend at Sea Lounge. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. With the, when it got shot group. up, I was there. No. Yeah, then so we closed. I uh, and now it tur- and then it turned into Addison's. I I haven't even and now been it's back. A condo. Yeah. Now it's a condo. It's a condo. Sea Lounge, I think, is a condo now. On Wellington. Went, yeah, it yeah. turned. It went from. It was, it went from Sea Lounge, and it was like that for like ten years or something. Yeah. Because I even promoted that the first party I ever threw with my partner, um, we threw at Sea Lounge. Damn. And then from there we turned into Addison's. It was more like your neighborhood, like friendly bar. Yes. Uh, they still did bottle service stuff, and their patio was gorgeous too. But they had a noise limit on it. Remember? Oh, that? really? No, I I never went back yes. after. They had a noise limit. PTSD. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, now I think it's a fucking condo, or it's about to be a condo, or it's. I hate that. I hate that. Like they tore down all of um, what was that Mervish? Uh, what was the Eddie? Uh, Honest Eds. Honest Eds. Honest Eds at Bathurst and Bloor. Yes. Yeah, you're right. That gun turned out. Dude, when I did Kinky Boots, they like they used to do a, a thing every year where they delivered turkey to like people who, you know, couldn't get turkey yeah. that day. Yeah. And then the next next like couple years it was torn down and made like condos. Yeah. That's the hell? Condos going up everywhere. Yeah. All the like like I don't want to say culture, but like all the like fun shit that made Toronto Toronto. It's it, like all now sky rises. It's such an interesting thing because fuck Georgie used to say it's interesting all the time, but <laughs> we, uh, fuck shout out Georgie. <laughs> we, um, the city of Toronto, I think has evolved so much. And in a lot of sense, a lot of good ways, like we're the most multiple cultural city in the world. Yeah. Right? Like our sports teams are bringing in different fans from all like aspects of the world. But I think there was a lot of little things that Toronto had that are now gone that, and in 10 years, there's going to be even more Toronto things that are gone. And it's like, I know it's, nobody re- probably really cares, but like government nightclub, the first like That's 10 classic. major shows, EDM shows I went to were there. Yeah, You know, I remember the club, I was a club on, it's just up the street from here, Front and John, I think, not Front and John, Adelaide and John, maybe it was three stories. Oh, it's where the, uh, it's right beside the movie Ta- theater. Um, there's a milestones uh, there and a Marshalls. Yeah. Across from the bowling alley. Down the street from the Hooters. Fox. No. no. Oh, it's near Fox and on uh, Fox on John right now. Oh, oh, oh. Uh no, it's underground, no? No. UPG? No. Wasn't there? No, UPG's right here. Oh shit. You, I live next door to the underground. There's from another underground too down it. there, isn't oh, it? Oh, we can see the underground from right beside Oh I'll shit. Right after. Can you Google this? It's gonna <laughs> fucking drive me down. Nightclub that went it was three stories. Was it? Oh, Peacock? No. No. Peacock was right here, too. I think it was like Adelaide, Adelaide and John, John, I think. Or Richmond and John. And it turned into a Marshalls and a, and a Milestones. And now the Milestones turned into something else. It's right beside the movie theater. Not Fox and the Fiddle. No, it's a th- it was like three or four stories. No, Madison's uptown. Madison's uptown. 
Anyways, we'll, we'll get it. Can't think yeah, yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, okay, where, where are we on this whole Glee <laughs> fucking full circle? Oh, shit. Okay, so we're at Windsor now. Yes. And this yes. is the best part, because you know what? If I Googled all this about you, I wouldn't be able to. Just, I wouldn't be as interested, but now that I didn't, I'm even more interested. Oh. So we're at this this Windsor story. Okay. okay. You graduated Windsor for teaching? No. no. Okay, dropped out? So was in there first year. And but you made your high school look so bad by giving you valedictorian and you didn't graduate university. Listen, and also they gave me all the scholarships. Oh. Nobody knew about the scholarships. That was one Ooh. thing that was pissed about school. Like I got close with the teachers. So the guidance counselor was like, no one is coming in to apply for all these. And I was like, no one told us to. Like, thank God I talked to you. And I walked out with like fucking 10 scholarships. Unreal. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, it was good. But you just so had to fucking put your name on paper. Windsor. Okay, Windsor. And then I got an audition for rents that was happening in Toronto, okay. a theater show, and like rent, like rent, rent. He, yeah, like oh, yeah, you. like rent, rent. <laughs> yeah. cool. So I know I, rent, and I know nothing about theater. Yeah, I know rent. It's a classic. They actually just put it. They're putting it on right now in Stratford. But uh, got that audition. Again, just bust like to Toronto. I wasn't expecting anything, and I ended up booking it, which is wild. Like I was called the Squeegee Boy, and uh, so but. For rehearsals and school, I was traveling back and forth on the train from Windsor to here. And it was crazy. And then, whatever, graduated first year. Second year, um, like doing that show, it was again like being in the room singing uh, Foreigner for the first time. It was like, fuck, the audience was so cool. My my town took like coach buses to come see me here in Toronto from Elmville, which was wild. Um, and I was like, fuck, I don't know. Like going back to school versus being on stage it didn't make sense to me. It made sense for me to like try to figure this out. We're so young. I could start a new career right now. But they don't tell you that when you're younger. You think you have to do something that everyone else did, especially in a small town. You try to just follow the footsteps of the person before you. And But when you're in a small town, people aren't escaping it much. So I was Man, maybe you fucking see eye to eye a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. I have, I'm sorry, fuck, and sorry to cut you off here. The small town mentality of just following in what the, your predecessors did mm-hmm. and like following your father's footsteps and following his grandfather's and like, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But there are always people in every fucking family that are meant to break the mold. I agree. They're yeah. not meant to follow suit. They're meant to do something different. And a lot of times in small cities, because you're not so used to seeing the rest of these opportunities and seeing the rest of the world, now social media is starting to change because now like... You get kids from bumfuck nowhere that are becoming TikTok stars because yes. they make fun of videos or they like look at the Kambambe, Lambe, whatever his name is. The black guy that does the oh, whole Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. On TikTok. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's from like some random spot and he's blowing up. Yeah. All these. Now there's new opportunities. But when we were growing up, small town kids did exactly what their dads did mm-hmm. or the, what their moms did. Yes. You know, it's like, hey, my dad worked at the factory. I'm going to go. I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to work in the factory. My dad has an electrical business. Let's say you didn't even love that. It's like, that's what you you just did because that's what was kind of there. Yeah. And that's what you thought. Yeah. That's what you thought you... You had to do to succeed because, you know, your parents... Majority of people look up to their parents. I think that's a fair assumption to make. And most people believe that their parents had some sort of success. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not a fair assumption, but I would assume that's a fair assumption. If it's not, I don't care. (laughs) Um... I like I I look up to my parents too. Like even me, a lot of things I do, like I follow my my parents' footsteps and I follow my dad's footsteps. But then I break the mold every now and then because yeah. that's how I meant. That's what I meant to do. Exactly. But living in the city, you have those opportunities. You're able to break the mold a little bit more often than not. Mm-hmm. 
But fuck, good for you for really breaking the mold. Well, here's the thing too. No one in my town really was putting that pressure on me. I think it's just something that I was growing. Like my dad owns his own business as well. And he is a success story. Like we didn't have a lot. And he worked his ass off as well as my mother and her job. Worked his ass off and created, you know, now a big business. But I knew working for him and I did work for him a couple times, but it's not what I'm meant to do. It's not what my body was meant to do. Fuck, man. Yeah. You're taking words out of my mouth here. <laughs> Fuck. I was going to say, I'm like, people are meant to do certain things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. But, uh, but you, the, I'm glad you realized yours. Well, that's when, so that's, so now we're coming to second year and I started living in Toronto and I stacked all my classes up on a Wednesday in, uh, in Windsor. So I was trying to make it here. I would drive Wednesday morning, do all my classes all day, which is fucking crazy. Ten-hour day, and then drive. Mind well, it's a ten-hour just drive. Five you're, hours. You're valedictorian, so like a ten-hour <laughs> school day, not no big deal. You're okay. just like, yeah, no problem. No, when you're a shitty university yeah. kid, though, like first year, you're trying to explore everything and like make new connections, whatever. Windsor's and, a shithole. Yeah. Oh, well, the only thing they got there is like sh- I shouldn't say this actually. There's people probably from Windsor. Windsor's fucking amazing. The <laughs> no, the, the casino's from- amazing. Yeah, and, and the mind you, food. I have friends from Windsor, and I've stayed in Windsor recently, so I play pickleball. Right oh, now. yeah, okay. So there's a lot of tournaments in Detroit. So I'll, because of my hotel hookup, I get that Doubletree Hilton right on the water. I get it for really cheap. Mm. So if our tournament's in Detroit, either the night before or the night after, we always stay at that hotel. Yeah. Either like on our way into Detroit or on our way out, we'll always stay there. Everybody I know from the, from Windsor either goes to Detroit or talks shit about Windsor. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Windsor. Yeah. We're really shitting on Sorry, you right guys. now. <laughs> um, I did have good professors and awesome and friends. Met, you met a lot of cool people. Yeah, it was it was it was but a good time for so what it was. Yeah, nice. there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't really anything to do but school, There's strip a clubs, bobs, or something. We had one good. Okay, we keep coming back to karaoke bar, but there was a place called Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse. Yeah, okay. and it was the best. Like that's where we went. That was like our club. We would go there party, and uh, then it fucking burnt down. I'm not sure if it's like back up because I left, but. I don't know. I love this. It was the place. Anyway, so... I'm going to get another drink. Do you want one? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, continue though. Do I keep? Okay. So, <clears throat> what was it? Uh, oh, oh, Wednesday, Wednesday. So, I was driving back and forth Wednesday, and I was like, fuck, this is just too much, man. And I didn't really know what to do. Also, you're just trying to make your parents proud, right? I was sticking it out. I knew I wanted to be in Toronto and trying to make it, um, or at least just try to act. Thank you. But uh, I didn't want to upset my parents because, you know... I was also the first kid to go to university in my family uh, on both sides. So uh didn't know what to do. I think on both sides, but whatever. I just felt a lot of pressure. Didn't know what to do. My professor, I remember, pulled me in. And I had good grades in university, but my professor pulled me in. And she was just like, you're not meant to be here. You're, you're, not, you're not focused on this. I can see you're trying to do something else. And she's like, this, I will always welcome you back, but you need to go. And I was like... I can't though. Like my, I can't like my parents, like they're, they spend so much money on this. And like, how the fuck do I do this? Like my, my dad bought, my parents bought me a house for my friends and I to live in. Like we rented it out. I'm like, we have so much shit. Like I can't do that. But what I wasn't called, it's uh, the, um, the something caught the lost cost, the lost cost fallacy or something where it's like, you sunk so much money into something that you can't just let it go. And like, realize like you're, you're, you know, feeding a dead horse or you're, you're trying to, 
dump water into a, a bucket with holes or something. Yeah. Fuck, those, see, those, this is right. Those George. all sound right. George knows this fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it felt like that. But then I just had a moment of like, this is my life. I could either go take this opportunity and figure out whether, you know, it's going to end up being something or I could stay here and I don't mind the school, but I'm not focused. I'm not learning when I'm, you know, thinking about something else. Anyway, I made the decision without telling my parents and I just went to like, I don't fucking remember what the office is, but just dropped, <laughs> canceled all my classes and then had the phone call, the terrifying phone call. And like any parent, I think, you know, they didn't understand. And so it was rough for a little bit. They still supported the shit out of me, but they obviously were pissed. They, they, they don't just have money to, you know, be throwing in the garbage. Um, it's so funny you mentioned that you like went to the office to like drop out. Oh, the last episode I just had, um, do you know 12 a.m.? So he's a singer songwriter. He's kind of like more hip hop pop. Uh, we just had him on the podcast. And he tells me how he dropped out. And I was like, oh, like, cool. Like, is there a process for it? He's like, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just stopped, stopped going. going. I don't know. Maybe I'm still enrolled. <laughs> and he went to uh, UFT or Ryerson. I can't remember where. Okay. But, the way he tells the story, so I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I ever really officially dropped out, or if I just kind of stopped going, and I guess I'm not in it anymore." Like, I, it's weird. It's a weird process, and like nobody tells you how to drop. How to drop out? I guess <laughs> you probably Google should. it now. Right? Probably, yeah. Oh, but I, I think I just went to try to see if I could get a refund for that before I told my parents I was, because it was halfway through, or no, it was halfway through the second half of the year of second year. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. So you're like... You're Almost good, on second yeah, year. you're a fucking good ways in. Yeah. So... Your parents are cheesed. Well, yeah. It was bad. But moved here, pounded the pavement. It was awful. But you have to do the grind. Like, people who expect... Not everything is becoming a TikTok star. It is now, if you're lucky. But back then... Back then. I feel so old. Back then, it's like... No, I fucking did free shows. Some I even paid to be in. And uh, was bartending on the side. I was trying to hustle. I couldn't even afford $300 a month rent. And there was one point, actually... Sorry, where the fuck were you getting $300? Where are you getting $300 well, I was rent split, in I Toronto? was splitting with a roommate. Still, $300 in, a one bed in Toronto. Yeah, it was a, the bottom of a house. This is like 2010. Still, bro. That's fucking... I know. <laughs> People are like, I don't know what kind of fucking place you were living. No, I'm kidding. But you know what's You say that, like... Everyone just thinks, oh, like... And I saw this clip recently with Logan Paul and some guys like asked Logan Paul for a job and Logan Paul's like, no, I'm not going to give you a fucking handout. You got to like work for it. Like yeah. go make friends, go do this, blah, blah, blah. And so true. People think, oh, I'm going to like drop out and I'm just going to like go and like, I'm a good singer or I'm a good actor or I'm a good, you know, content creator. I'm just going to drop out and make it. It's like, you still have to fucking put in the work. Yes. Everyone's like, I'll just manifest. I'm going to do, I'm going to manifest this and manifest that. It's like, great. Manifesting works. The problem is you gotta fucking put in the work. Yes, you can't just say I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm gonna succeed. I'm gonna succeed. No, you need to think you're gonna succeed, and then you gotta fucking put in do the it. work yeah. to do it. If someone just dropped me on Broadway without doing the work that I did beforehand, I mean, in fact, I didn't never knew Broadway was a dream. That that didn't happen for a long time. But if someone just did that, I I would not be I I wouldn't respect myself a little bit. But also, I wouldn't be fucking ready for it. You know what I mean? Like I learned so much. From pounding the pavement yeah. about everything in the business, not just, you know, about a show. Like I learned how to be you know, like how to use my voice, how do you become a better actor, you know, how to communicate with people, 
Um, it's just like now being able to go to any city and talk to anybody. I give that respect to, you know, pounding the ground back in the day. Because you had to. Yeah. It's sink or swim. Yes, exactly. Like, you, know, you didn't have a backup. You're not going to just like show up back to mom and dad's house, like tail between your legs, mom and dad, like, I didn't fucking make it. I was like, well, did you try? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, kind, kind of. Like, I always say, if you try something and you fail, that's not a fucking failure. No. Me and, uh, so me, George, and our other buddy, Dave, we started an app during COVID. It was a social voting app. We loved the idea behind it. We sunk, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into it. We raised money. We tried it. We toured the U.S. for two months on an RV, going to every single, like, major college and university from Toronto to Florida, Florida to Texas, Texas back home. Right. Two months. We visited, I think it was, like, 20 states, like, 57 cities, like, 43 schools. It was wild. Right. We tried. We gave it our all. We tried to raise more money to, like, really blow this thing up, and we couldn't, and, like, we had to eventually call it quits because we realized, okay, you know, we this this sunken cost fallacy, whatever it's fucking called. Um, we were just throwing like we were throwing money in a in a leaky bucket, right? Throwing water in a leaky bucket, and it was a shame. But at least like we look, we came out of thinking like we fucking tried our hardest. Like there were there were days where we didn't fucking sleep, like, right? Days where you're just doing anything and everything you can, even like. It's anything you can think of to try and make this thing work because that was our baby. That was what we had to do to try and make it. We failed statistically or financially. We failed. We didn't raise, we lost money. We, this app wasn't a success, but the shit we fucking learned. I was just going to say that. Yeah. The shit we learned, not only starting your own business, like trying, trying to compete with like Facebook and like all this stuff. Like when we launched up the day we launched up, I think we had like top 10 most downloaded apps and um, social media apps in Canada. Damn. So you had like TikTok, Facebook, like LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. And like 10 was like us, which yeah. was like, like what Amazing. The fuck? Yeah. And we learned so much. And the thing is that the biggest takeaway is it's like, you you can't stop fucking trying hard. And then eventually like, you need to know when to call it quits. But if we didn't try hard and we just failed, it's okay. Like you would look back and think, okay, what else could we have really done? Yeah. We look back and think, yeah, what else could we have done either way? But at least we know we fucking gave it our all. Mm -hmm. We tried so fucking hard. And like, I remember those days, like, just like, I talk about, I work hard now and I like, you know, I do a lot of shit, but like, you know, I fucking take 45 minute lunches because I got the fucking time. Yeah. You know, some days I go to, I go to the gym at lunch. That's how much fucking time I have. Back then I didn't have that luxury because I was like basically trying to work two full-time jobs almost. Just to make it like, every, even if I'm at the gym, I'm walking on the Stairmaster or I'm walking on the treadmill just so I can keep working, check my email, send out more emails, like try and figure out plans. Like I was looking at budgets, trying to figure out what the fuck we could do to make this, this thing succeed. Right. So I don't know anything when you try really hard and you like actually put a hundred percent effort, it's not really a failure. Even no, it's, if it's never like a failure. Statistically a failure. It's a lesson learned if anything. Sometimes they're expensive, but yes, it's expensive. Your parents lesson. would say, "Yeah, that, that lesson." <laughs> yeah, I could have told you you were a singer before you needed the right. a year and a half. <laughs> but that's what I. So back to like auditions and going off of this, it's like I did all the free shows. I was working my ass off trying to make it work. Uh, bartending at night, I got to bartend for some pretty freaking cool people. Like I was, I was bartending for Harry Potter. Julianne Moore, Jessica Chess. You know you got the Harry Potter glasses, right? I know, I know, I know. I You've know, heard know. that before, right? Well, fuck, and then Ted Bundy had to come out with a goddamn show. Yeah, I'm like, uh, and everyone thought these were the Ted Bundy glasses. I'm like, I had these before the freaking show, right? I uh, <laughs> I dressed up as Dwight. You watch The Office? Yeah, yeah. So I dressed Dwight. up as Dwight Schrute for Halloween last year. <laughs> the only problem is when I b originally bought the glasses, it was like ironically at the exact same time that I came out. So I posted oh. a picture like before I was like, guess what I'm being for Halloween? It was like a yellow, mu a mustard yellow shirt on the glasses. And everyone said, and everyone was like, Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy. I was like, oh. no, 
but I didn't want to. I didn't want to like add to the question. But like, I'll show you. I'll show you the videos after. I actually did a decent job. Oh, sweet. But uh, yeah. Anyway, it's so funny. Um, but oh yeah. So I was auditioning. Nothing was really happening because I was brand new. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I'll say that I wasn't ready. And then along came uh, the national tour of hair, and it was uh, they were auditioning right where I was doing a lot of the free shows. So I popped in, whatever. Went through the process. Ended up booking it. And I remember calling my parents to be like, holy shit, I booked. Well, first, okay, let me preface this. The At the audition, it was like the fifth audition, and the actors were the musicians as well. And I played guitar, I strummed a little bit. I started at the same time as I started singing in school. But uh, so I brought that in. I learned how to play the one song. And they, the last audition, they were like, can you finger pick? I was like, no. They're like, have you played electric? I was like, no. They're like, can you jam to a certain key if like the, the MD is like playing? I was like, no. They're like, can you solo at all? I was like, sorry. I, I like, know this one song. I was like, I can learn. And then they were like, thank you. I was like, fuck. I made it to the fifth round, like the final round of this. And then the next day I got a call saying I booked it. And I was like, oh, shit. But I'll never forget the moment I called my parents. I was like on a bus going to Ossington or something. And uh, I told my mom and dad. And my dad's response was, how much do you have to pay to be in it? <laughs> and I was like, no, dad, I'm making this much money a week. And he's like, Oh shit! Okay, man, but that's such a feel-good moment for you, right? It like, was the first time I finally felt like I made a stride. Yeah. So then we did forty-six states in five months. Like it was crazy, um, and that was like. And you're doing like you know five hundred thousand person shows. Yeah, uh, five. Well, five hundred what? Five, how many people watch these? Five hundred thousand? No, five hundred people to a thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people are at these? Yeah, it was like it was like a regular like yeah. a Mervish theater yeah. size like around. To yeah, yeah, maybe like a thousand to two thousand. Okay. Yeah, which, whatever, tomato, same, tomato. same shit, same yeah. Shit. <laughs> but it was so fun. I learned a lot on that. Um, I became skinny, which I still wish I was, but uh, that that was, <laughs> I met some people on the road, and um, there was, so we had five Americans in the show, and the one guy had a connection. They came to see us, and the, they knew that I did country because I started in country. Oh, is that me? Oh, can you, wow, this is Sh awesome. Should we answer? No, definitely don't answer. No, press <laughs> the side button, or silence it, please. Thank you. That's Danny calling. Oh, I was, I was having technical difficulties before you guys got here. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, Danny, fuck, she didn't pick up. So I'm like googling, like, anyway, I'll tell you offline. But I was having technical difficulties. Still, this is my sixth episode solo. Yeah, and I'm still having technical difficulties. Uh. I'm six episodes in now solo, and I'm still having problems. But that's why you see, I got the backup mic there. Oh yeah. This last episode, I had fuck up with the mic. This not go. gonna happen. Learn from your mistakes. Get prepared. Doing my best. <laughs> um, so, so we met these people. They knew that I was doing country music as well, or trying to. Like I always started. I started writing and playing the same time as I started singing, just all together. I wrote my first song the same day that I did that singing in the blues band. Okay. Yeah. I just someone taught me four chords. I went home and I wrote a song. So I I've always known so since you, then. Yeah, you kind of knew that you had this musical background then. No, like no. I didn't know. So you Until just I so did it for fun. It was just, yeah, it was just like the song was shit. Actually, I still remember it. Like I still can play it on guitar, <laughs> which is hilarious. But yeah, it was horrible, but it, it was like the start and then I kept growing from there. But so they knew I was country. They knew I could write. They auditioned me on in the room at one of the theaters we were at. Like they were just guessing it because they were doing a new show that was going to Broadway. And it was a country rock musical. The guy's named JT Harding. He wrote all the songs like he wrote a whole bunch of number ones for like Keith Urban and all them, blah, blah, okay. which is okay. Bookmark another full circle moment. Um, we got, we, we got a couple that's going to be a seven. JT Urban? Yeah. 
Those are the bookmarks. This is going to be a seven hour podcast. But uh, right, we can always do these for drinks after. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm going for a run anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Um, so, anyway, they auditioned me and then they flew me to. Oh, this is another birthday story, too. They flew me to New York to um, do the finals. They had two people already cast, but then they saw us, me and another buddy on the tour, and they wanted to see us what we could do. And we went in, we auditioned, and they, it was my birthday. They were like, can you stay one more day? I was like, yeah. I was young. I had no plans. Sure. It was my Currently birthday me. the next day. Currently me. Can you say another Yeah. Why not? I got yeah. So they took us out um, for drinks, pulled in my birthday, and at 12, they told me that I booked the role. So it would have been my first, that was my first New York show that I got. Country Rock Music School is called Somewhere With You, which is a Keith Ur- or that, yeah, Keith Urban song. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I got to go do that in New York, which was absolutely crazy and that's kind of where it all like man pounding the pavement got the tour right from the tour went did new york um somewhere with you and i came back and that's when kinky boots auditions were happening here in toronto and uh i will be honest like for so i'm just gonna keep going with i don't know i'm just like spiraling now but when i got back the kinky boots auditions came up and when I was in New York, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. Again, another rush. Like it just kept elevating every time I got to like a better place and feeling more comfortable as a singer and an actor as well. But I came back and um, I got an agent and my agent got me an audition for Kinky Boots. And the day that I was supposed to audition, I called in sick because I was so nervous of how my town was going to perceive that show because it has drag queens in it. And I'm in a small town. I know it sounds crazy, but I grew up in a town, well, I think all small towns kind of feel the same. They say words and they don't know what they mean. And so there's, Agreed. yeah, so there's some people in my town that, you know, I, w- I was just nervous. I, I wasn't putting myself first in that moment. I was putting them first and I thought I threw away the biggest audition of my life. They didn't find the person they were looking for, so they were recasting again and my agent got me another audition thank god that doesn't happen because <laughs> i canceled the same day and i went in and blah 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 they got me to seven auditions so i got to the finals which every every audition i was like holy shit holy shit this is happening and they really i knew they wanted me to get it because they they were giving me extra help they were pulling me into the back to teach me how to like deliver this lines because they knew i could sing it but acting it is a different story and so whatever i took it, i took it all in i was like fuck it this is my chance. Why would I ever throw away the reason I dropped out of school? Who cares what the show's about? And not only that, it's who, an important message. And who cares what other people think? Well, it takes you a long time to learn that. And it's tough when you're young. Yes. Like it's, I was 22, 20. Yeah. It's, I was a baby still. It's so fucking tough. You don't think you're a baby at like early 20s, no, but you're you, a baby You run the still. world. You're invincible. Yeah. So I went in for that last audition and it was Jerry Mitchell who, who directed it. Um, Harvey who wrote the book uh, and all the major producers of the New York production Broadway and it was it was 20 people <laughs> and I went in and I was like fuck it this is my chance I gave everything that I had and I sang it and they gave me one note because I think they just wanted to see you know what I could do with a note did that and then they said oh fuck this is crazy they said what is your go-to karaoke song shut this, up this is the theme of karaoke dude so always always my go-to karaoke song is feeling good michael buble so i said feeling good michael buble and he said okay sing it 
and I had it in my book, like with me. And I was like, okay, I'll sing it, but you come I, up and they, dance. I, they said, what is your go-to karaoke? Because they wanted to see what I would sing for fun. And I said, this is crazy. This the theme the of this theme is, is this, oh, this we got to go to karaoke one time. You know what? <laughs> I would agree with you. Yeah, we're doing it. I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> That's crazy. So I did that and uh, I never, f- after an audition, you're always fucking stressed. But I feel like we should go karaoke tonight. I'm going te- to text Bree. So my friend, if she if she's available, we're going to karaoke. I, I'd be down. Okay. I'd I need down. someone good with me. So I got back <laughs> Let's up. go. Are you good, Jess? <laughs> Actually, you, you sing too? For karaoke. <laughs> no, I know it's yes. good. Yes. This is a work thing for you. If he comes, you have to come. This is a work thing. I will observe. Come on. Okay, so you suck you suck at singing though. Pardon? You suck at singing. Absolutely. Okay, so come me and on. you can suck and then they can Great. be the good ones. Okay, we're good. I was just gonna say I don't think anyone sucks at singing, but that's a fucking lie. Are you, my favorite, are you fucked? My favorite are people <laughs> My favorite are people that really think they're fucking amazing though. And then and I hate to say that. It makes me sound like a dick, but it's just fucking hard to watch. So I I perform like I'm in front of fifty thousand people. You every, should though. Everyone and should. I have the heart. Like who's the most? Who's a performance that you've seen perform? Where you're like that guy gave it his all. Like and live, was good live. in real life. Yeah, it was good. Oh man, there's a guy named David Phelps. He's fucking. So sick. I am David fucking Phelps. Yes. But with like, who's the guy from uh, the the American Idol audition that sucked? Richard. Richard something. Oh. Oh, man. Whatever. You know that guy I'm talking about. Well, yeah. He did something. She bangs, guys. Yeah, she bangs. She bangs. Yeah. She that bangs. is me. That is fucking me. <laughs> Come on. But Give I yourself got, some I got, credit. I got so much heart, man. I got so much fucking heart. And I know my words, too. I don't fuck up lyrics <laughs> ever. Oh, that's me. I, I have that's like a... three songs I sing like every time. And I fucking, I can, some of my eyes closed. Just <laughs> I love it. Okay, okay. Okay, so back. karaoke Kinky too. Bo- no. Kinky boots. Kinky yes. boots. Yes. Fuck, we're all... Okay. Sorry. We can go late. We can go late. Don't worry. Okay. So we're at Kinky Boots. Yeah. You landed the role. I landed... I got the call. <laughs> landed the role. It was insane. And I'll say... I'll just... I don't have to go through the whole story, but like... I'll say my Cindy Lauper story because that's fucking crazy. She was my boss for... She wrote the music Cindy for... Cindy Lauper. Cindy fucking Lauper. Uh, she's Cindy Lauper. I got the introduce. So this is like coming full circle from my parents... You know, not believing that this is a... A real job. Yeah, or that it could be. Um, introducing your parents to Cindy Lauper is a is a pretty freaking cool... Your dad was probably like, holy I just got Cindy. chills again. Like Cindy I, fucking Lauper. Yeah, I have the picture of it. I'll never... Like, I have their picture that I... T- I was like, Cindy, will you take a picture with my parents? And I, like, went and took it. I'll have that picture in my brain for forever. But I'll never forget, she came during... Because we rehearsed for six weeks. Then we moved into the theater and we have previews. She came to see the preview and after every show I take a shower and I heard someone knock on my door like over and over and I was like, one sec, like I'll be out. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay. I come out in my towel. I'm just like thinking it's a stage manager to give me notes or whatever. And it's Cindy and like her hairnet and her sunglasses. She was like trying to be incognito. But she just like came in the room. I'm standing there in my towel and she's like, oh, I just... I just love your passion. I just love the way that you sing my songs. Like, just take it further. Take it further. I trust you. Just take it further. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm standing in front of Cindy fucking Lauper. How do you fucking hide a How do you hide a boner in that moment? Like, (laughs) we gotta take that out. But uh, (laughs) no, I was just. uh, (laughs) It was fucking wild. Like. I mean, it's her music. Like, it's like, 
as now a songwriter who has songs out there, your shit is so fucking vulnerable to how you write it. And she has an image of how she wants it sang. So when you, when the person who wrote it comes to you and gives you a compliment and knows that you could take it further, that's like the biggest. It's huge. Oh man. So that like gave me the confidence to just fucking plow through. And then I'll end my Broadway story. But there's, there's also so many sex jokes I could have just made there. Oh. Just <laughs> take it, take it bigger. You should have went plow through. Okay. I'm just saying I didn't. <laughs> that's the the title of the episode is plow through yeah, karaoke or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> shoot um so whatever finishing the acting journey like i finished kinky boots or sorry at the end of kinky boots i got the audition for broadway they were i don't know why but miss saigon was auditioning in toronto they auditioned everywhere around the world i think we had 32 different countries of people in our show eventually but so they auditioned and i'll never forget some guy um that I was doing these workshops with, I wanted to sing Why God from Miss Saigon. This is like back in the day. And it's very classical and I have a very like pop rock style voice. But uh, I wanted to sing Why God. And he's like, you'll never sing that song in real life. So why would we sing that? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So now I'm auditioning for that role, singing that thing. And out of everyone in Toronto, like they pulled me the next day for the dance call. I'm not a fucking dancer. They pulled me for the dance call. They knew I couldn't dance, so they put the choreographer right in front of me, in front of everybody. He's trying to teach me. I'm like, dude, I just, okay, I just need, I, I can get it, but I need time. Like, these dancers here in Toronto, that's their job. They're amazing. Like, they can pick it up in two seconds. I can't. Whatever. We all finished the dance call. I go out, I'm like, I just fucking bombed that. Like, they're like, who wants to go first? I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> I went and just made an ass of myself, but whatever. We leave the room. They're like, Graham, can you come back in the room? And everyone was like looking, and I'm like, shit. I come in, they're like, we want to fly you to New York for the finals. And I'm like, holy shit. So eight shows a week, kinky boots, finished show on Sunday, flew to New York. Uh, my audition was Monday morning, had two auditions Monday, and then and then on Tuesday morning had two auditions because they were matching you with people now. They have to like see how you'll react with the kin, this person, this person. Flew back Tuesday night for the show. Wasn't expecting it, but I got the call for Broadway, which is just fucking crazy. So I'm trying to speed this now, go through this acting, but finished Kinky Boots, did a Hallmark movie, my album for country. Wait, sorry, sorry. What Hallmark movie? Oh man. It's a cool story too. I won't go too long. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I, hey, we can go longer. I'm fucking, I'm they, good. I'm they called me. My agent called me and he's like, I need you to do this. It was at 830. I kept getting calls. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, we need you to get a, an audition in by 12. I'm like, I'm in Elmville. Like, there's no one here. I can't get anyone to read with me. I don't know who's going to film. I got to learn this shit. Whatever. I call my best friend who just is not an actress at all. She's like, how are you doing today? <laughs> so I'm trying to act with that. Submitted. They hired me that day. The next day was a read-through for the movie. It was. It used to be called Meant to Be. So, And the lead of it was Bonnie Somerville, who was Ross's girlfriend and friends. It was, okay. It was pretty cool. So I showed up the next day. I'm with all them. Like, we're doing the read-through. And the guy they had previously hired, so obviously I was a last minute replacement. They had a guy from LA who couldn't play guitar or sing. And at this time, I could play guitar enough. But, um, so we go through the read through and it says my character sings like Jingle Bells or some shit. It's a Christmas movie. And uh, so I started singing and they like stopped the read through and they're like, you're a singer? And I was like, what? I thought that's why you hired me. And they're like, no. And then whatever, we do the read through. They're like, do you write music? I'm like, yeah, I'm writing my album right now. They're like, do you think you can write music for the movie? I was like, oh, I could try. When do you need it by? He's like, well, we start filming on Monday. <laughs> this is Friday. So I went home just like at, off of what I heard in the, the read through. And I wrote a song called Love You Like Christmas. And I sent it to them. And they right away, the producers approved, the director approved. 
and then they changed the title of the movie to love you like christmas the song i wrote and so that's a fucking feel good moment yo right? oh dude mom, i was like, dad, what the like hey mom dad it, hey. it, yeah, exactly everything was happening though like, hey how much you have to pay for that one <laughs> <Yeah>. Graham? <laughs> that's exactly i mean listen they turned around because it went boom 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 like finished kinky boots got the movie i also did an odd squad like a tv show it's a kid show uh booked broadway did my album and then went to new york right away like everything was just happening falling in line was working doing amazing things and then fucking COVID hit and like I was just getting to the fucking top of where I've always wanted to be and what I've worked for for the past 10 years and then COVID hit and I was like fuck what do I do I was, I was so into the story I completely forgot that COVID was like had to come into this at some point I know I know like I completely sorry that's why I was trying to hype was, it up a little that bit that it was gonna come in I was like <laughs> yeah. oh man this is such a feel good how are you here with me right now <laughs> it's like COVID but then COVID hit I'm like fuck the theater's closed. I moved back home. Didn't know what to do. Elmville. <laughs> Elmville. We got a zoo. Fresh water. Population 20,000. 20,000? What's the population of Elmville? It was 1,200 at one point. I think it's like maybe 2,000. one gas station and one grocery store. <laughs> grocery store also like partakes as like the local bar as well. <laughs> I fucking wish it'd be better than the one we have there. Um, whatever. We'll, that's another story for karaoke yeah, later. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> But uh, I don't know where we. Okay, so we're COVID now. COVID hit. Moved home. This is music. This is the part that yes. PR people like. This is yes. Jess is this, sitting this here. This is like, why we're here. Yes. This is why we're okay. here. This leads us to the single. <laughs> She's interested now. Okay. She just woke up. <laughs> this is where we're at. Yeah. No. So COVID hit, and I was like, like everyone, like, what the hell do we even do? Um, but I've always been writing, but trying to do both was just impossible. Doing eight shows a week didn't leave you any time to do the concert shit. So started writing. I had just gotten out of a uh, breakup at that point too. So I had all the fucking feels. COVID, breakup, everything. You're in your fucking feels major. Oh man, I was, yes, yes. If I didn't have my best friends in town, it would have been ugly. But uh, <laughs> take that out. <laughs> Holy I shit. Forgot, I oh said my God. We, we, don't, we don't edit this pause. Oh so shit. A couple comments Who are getting left in here. That? Couple comments. Wow. It's okay, man. Yo, I I've, this fucking band. I, I've been I've been in a couple of bad breakups too, so we're good. We're good. I get it too. Um. Anyway, it was really pretty and uh, <laughs> lots of sunshine. Um. No. So yeah, I was depressed. And before, when I was writing songs, I was really writing to try to make a hit for radio. That was my goal. I was like, how do I make this the best song ever? Instead of just actually writing what the fuck I'm going through. Right now, you feel. And exactly. Because you got to remember when you write a song. Even if you write a song just for you and how you feel, there's millions of other who have been through it. Yeah. So that's when you that's when the story started to make or that's when they started to hit for me. Like my writing, I'm like, oh shit, like this this is an actual song that I would listen to rather than just a song that I would sing. And that was different for me. And so I started going down that train and my band is also producing, they were getting into it more, so they wanted to do some creative shit. Well, we were locked down. I was like, I want to do some creative shit. Like, let's do five songs. So got five songs together. The night before we were going into the studio, we did pre-pro and shit just to make sure the songs were tight. But the night before we went into recording, I wrote a song called Better Man. And um, that was just like what I just said, which you should take out. <laughs> That's what that song was for me. It was like not seeing the end of, end of the tunnel or the light at the end of the tunnel. It was like the darkest moment I've ever been and it was kind of just a journal entry of like, what the fuck am I doing? And I just wrote like, this isn't me. I don't need that love. I don't need that person to make me happy. I got to find that in myself. I can be a better man. 
And so I just kept writing that over and over and over again. And then I started humming it. And then I got a piano and I started like doing some shit on piano and it ended up becoming a song. And I, I called them. I was like, I have a song for tomorrow. We got to take out one of the other ones. And they were like, no way, man. Like we already did pre-pro. And I was like, we got to do this. What's pre-pro for us? Just for the people who don't know anything about music, just pre-pro. Like my guys are fucking amazing. They're called the agenda. They will get together They'll take my song that I write on guitar or just sing and they'll add the music to it. Okay. So we're just trying to figure out the sounds that we want to have in it. Um, they all love the song Better Man, but we had already you locked already down the, the songs. Yes. Five. So, but I w- we wanted to do it. They agreed eventually. And we went into the studio the next day and that's where we made the music for Better Man, not thinking anything of it. And of course, that was a song out of those five that took off it got me my first charting song as an independent artist too i didn't have a label or anything i just put it out there i got two big features with bell and rogers and we ended up going to number 36 on the charts i think and it's just wild because that was the most vulnerable song that i had i wasn't trying to make the hit it was just some real shit that i went through and i think people connected with that and it's definitely like all my shit is influenced from the theater so all that theater talk is like very important for me because the way I sing a song is very different than the country people you hear on the radio right now. I love listening to the country people, but it's just not me. So my sound and, you know, developing that is all come from theater to where we are now. But yeah. And then it just kept going, uh, man. You're, and I love when I talk to people that like, I'm not saying you're a pro doing podcasts or anything, but people who are good storytellers. Am so, I? Because I feel like no, I talk. You're, you're, but no, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, you don't stutter. You don't ramble. All your points, like you're walking through. I can feel myself being in your story. That's cool. And that's the whole idea of a storyteller. Because you can you can talk for 10 minutes straight and not let anybody say a word and be a great storyteller. The idea is that when someone tells a story, can you feel the story? Can you, can you put yourself in, in that person's shoes and feel where they're coming from? And may, maybe it's, I had a couple of drinks. But I fucking feel this. <laughs> I feel like I'm in this story. I feel like I'm fucking in front of Cindy Lauper. I feel like I'm writing the song because I'm Let's depressed. Let's go. Like, I feel like I'm in the moment. And man, that's man, the biggest compliment. I appreciate no, it. You're, you are a great storyteller. That's why I love. And this is what keeps me doing this fucking pod is having episodes like this where I know I knew very little about you. It's not like I've heard your song on the radio a hundred fucking times and I sing along and I know, oh, I know this and I follow you. I already followed you on social media. It's like, I knew very little about you. I read the blurb that just sends over, and, yeah. I, and I and I know the key points. And you have to, because if we get it, let's say you're not a good storyteller, and I need, and I need to carry this conversation <laughs> for an hour. Yeah, I have I have key things I can ask and I can talk about. Right. You carried this whole pod. I don't have oh, to. Do, man. This is so nice when I don't have to do anything. I get to just sit here and listen <laughs> to good stories, and I can feel myself being in those moments. Well, I appreciate it. It took me a minute to feel this confident. It, like, cause, like I said, it's like a song too. Like I was trying to write the hit. I was always trying to be something that I never was. It's like, yeah, I bet you if you look back to that to that boy that was going to audition for Kinky Boots the first time, that boy is not the same man oh, that's man. sitting here right now. It's no. really different. Now I feel like I've lived a thousand lives. <laughs> now I have a story to tell, yep. which which I've, I've said on a couple of times, you know, that I'm doing the interviews. It's like I spent so long telling other people's stories and now I finally get to tell my own. And it feels good to just sit in you know, the shit that you've been through because the shit you've been through is why you're here today anyway. 100%. So. Let's talk about the single. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. You know what the best part is? There's so many times where like all of our PR people are like, you didn't talk about the single enough. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. It's like, I understand I didn't do that, but 
we had more fun and that's the goal in these yeah have fun i appreciate this more too though because you've talked about the single we know about the single i read i read the i read the release i read the press release. everyone asks the same questions all the time so it's nice to just like people to understand why that song was even written anyway and they need the backstory because without the backstory about you don't want to say we need the whole story in your life to know about the single but hearing the story about it it helps to understand yeah the story of of the song yes you can't what came first the chicken or the egg exactly i don't know maybe the egg i don't know um okay toughest act to follow yes i read it i did read the, the release and you know it's so funny it caught my eye because I, I went through a break a few years back and loved the person to death. She was an amazing person. She still is an amazing person. We're just not together. Uh, amazing person, just, you know, two people that are just wrong for each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I read something similar to that and that. And I was like, fuck, man. And then I listened to the whole car ride down. I didn't realize I had it on repeat until I got here. I'm like, I just listened to the song like 30 oh, come on. times. Love it. Damn, thank Literally you, man. love it. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a cool one. I mean, I'm, I write the sad boy shit. Like, that's... Well, it came out of COVID. So the stuff that I was writing was really shit. Or really, it was really shit. My man just roasting himself here, eh? Yo, that yeah, shit was fucking sucks. garbage. So, yeah. Don't least, listen. Hey, at least Don't I'm a good storyteller. Um, <laughs> no, it, I, yeah. It was I really sad. All my stuff was sad, yeah. But uh, I start, I used to write only alone. And now I've started co-writing. So that's been a cool process Have for me. Have you been me. to any writer's camps? No. So I just found out what those were well, because of this podcast. And you hear about like these writers caps like this is these are wild. Like, you just like sit in a room with like other writers and it's like okay, today we're producing, you know, a Graham Scott Fleming song. Okay, let's do this. We got three hours, and then you gotta play it at the end of this. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like it's, it's such a wild concept. It's it's like go on a first date and share your first date with everybody as soon as you're done. That's literally and if it, it sucks, everyone's gonna critique you. It's literally it. Yeah. But it's also everyone has a different style of how they want to write, which is really so I can cool. See the purpose of it, yeah. Yeah. So now when I go to Nashville, though, like I book two rights a day, so like it does There's feel no like no writing a, when we go, eh? We're, we're, oh, we're when going we go to Nashville, we're just we're just going yeah, party. We're going drinking tour. That works you for me. You can play if you want. I'll, I'll be there to watch you play, but we're just drinking. no, no, no. We'll just be in karaoke. <laughs> Except you'll be on stage and I'll be singing along <laughs> to your karaoke on stage. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> no, but yeah. So I, I was always writing the sad boy stuff, which is fine. Whatever. Uh, but when I went to meet my friends, um, Vanessa and Madeline Merlot, I was just out of another relationship and, um, fucking lover boy over here. Oh God. I mean, not listen, they, they were years apart, but, uh, I walked in and so Madeline, uh, she's freaking, I mean like both these girls, Madeline and Vanessa are, are both brilliant writers. Um, but Madeline came in, we had never met before. I think we met maybe one time, but not like this. We're just in a house. Um, and she's like, I have this idea, like since you were on Broadway and like an actor, like it's like when the lights go down and the curtains close, you'll be the toughest act to follow. And I'm like, fuck that hits good because I usually, I write about like, Oh, you broke my heart. Or it's like, Oh, I could have done better. And it's like, no, this time I know I fucking did everything that I could in the relationship. And this was not a me problem. It was a you problem. So yeah, when the lights go down and the curtains close, I'll be the toughest act to follow. (laughs) Like it just fit right. And the song kind of just rolled right out. Um, I don't know if you've been in a relationship like that. It's like I think everybody fucking has. I think so. It not, it's not me. It's you. I mean, it's, it's one of those moments when I right? caught you cheating. Yeah, man, it wasn't my it wasn't about, my fault. It's, it's not even about cheating. It's just like those ones where it's like, hey, I brought everything I said I was going to bring to the table to the table. Yeah, you didn't. Yes, you know you yeah. you shorted me. You cheated me out of since like. I'm not saying physical or emotional cheating. It's like you literally cheated me out of who you told me you you were. Yes, who you told me you were going to bring to this relationship. Yeah. 
I think everybody's been in a relationship where they've been with someone and then that person changes. Well, the thing with the thing with my ex about that specific song and and they know too. They were my best friend for years. We didn't know that something else could be. And then so you you know that person, but you don't know the person when you're dating. And they are two separate people. That changed. Oh, big real time. quick. That changed big real time. quick. So I know that you know. Say her name. No, <laughs> we we all have shit that we can work on that you can't lie about. Like, I know I'm not perfect, but I know to you I was. And you. Did and I think that's you. the difference of this song compared to my other songs, or compared to any other breakup song. It's just, and not to mention the the funky groove that it comes with. Oh, it's like an upbeat. It's catchy. It's like an upbeat it's fucking song. Catchy. <laughs> yeah. It's catchy. But yeah, it just felt good. It all rolled out. We loved it. The the demo we actually did was really country, but I'm not really country. I'm not like okay, that sounds horrible to say. Well, I'm, your voice sounds very country. I think too. country I think everyone trying to label everyone and put everyone in such a box is just so freaking crazy to me. I'm like, why can't we just make a song that feels good? And have the country elements, have the pop elements, whatever the hell it is, whatever you want to be, be. Like, I don't understand why we always have to be this person in a box. It's just like coming from the small town. I don't always have to be that small town kid. I can be wherever the hell I want around the world. In music, it should be the exact same and nobody should care. If you like the song, listen to it. If you don't like the song, skip. Me and you see eye to eye on way too many <laughs> things here. Like, yeah. I, I'm not even kidding you. It's... Yeah, so many things you're saying. I'm like, fuck, he's reading my mind right now. <laughs> I love it. Man, but yeah. I th yeah, we've definitely reached that, reached that time. But <laughs> fuck, honestly, we can do this again. I'd love to, man. I feel like this is the start of a good friendship. Too, yeah, because I love I, it. I feel like, are you, are you in the city now permanently? You're still in no, Elbow? No, no, I'm just, uh, I'm still in Elbow, yeah. You're still in Elbow? Yeah. Okay, well, we got space here. Yeah, sure. man. This, uh, this couch actually doubles as the second bed. Prep. Danny, who you would have met if it wasn't taxi, she sleeps over all the time. On the oh, show. Yeah. oh, yeah. All the time. So we'll definitely get you. We'll have some fun nights together. Yeah, because man. Uh, I feel like me and you definitely see eye to eye. And this is, uh, we're definitely going to be good friends after this. Well, let's do it. Um, before we wrap <laughs> up, if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, uh, where can they go? How can they find you? Yeah, I'm most active, I would say, on my Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram is at Graham S. Fleming. Facebook is just my full name, Graham Scott Fleming. And uh, we got Twitter, but... Yeah, we didn't even talk about Boots and Hearts. Oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> Jess, quickly, quickly. Jess, you should have screamed it. Fuck. And we didn't, even tell the, we didn't even tell the other stories. Oh, yeah. The four. Um, okay. <laughs> pick, pick one story. We, you want to talk about Boots? You want to talk about Foreigner? Or you want to talk about uh, the Keith Urban or JT Urban? Oh, shit. You got to pick one. Okay. We'll do the Keith Urban because it, it okay. does the Boots. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, proof. So... We're doing Keith Urban. Yes. So the day that I was opening that show in New York, Somewhere With You, um, the guy who wrote all the music, he wrote a new song for Keith Urban called Somewhere In My Car, which is a huge smash for him. And uh, he was premiering it on the same day that we were opening the show in New York, in New York in Central Park. So the guy, JT Harding, who wrote the music, he went to see him premiere the song and uh, after told him about the show and whatever. And JT was like, or Keith Urban gave him the pick that he played with, said, give this to Graham for his opening. So I went and played with that pick for my opening. Now I have the pick at home, whatever. And now at Boots and Hearts this year, I'm opening for Keith Urban. That is a full circle moment. Dude, I have so many and it's so weird. Like it all lines up everywhere. I think it took me a while to accept that everything is supposed to happen the way it, it does. 
with hard work and manifest whatever the hell you want to do, everything is supposed to happen the way it's happening. And it took me a while to feel that and let that happen. But yeah, I'm fucking opening for Keith Urban now on this or on the same day anyway. And, uh, yeah, that is a full circle. moment. It's a full circle moment. We got a lot. We're going to talk a lot more offline too, because uh, <laughs> I, I want to continue this conversation, but we'll get you back on the pod for an actual official continuing of the conversation. We'll do this part again. two, maybe, maybe even after boots. Yeah. I, uh, I might make a trip up to boots on either the Friday or the Sunday. Just not the Saturday. Yeah. That was a tough one. <laughs> I got Rufus the Soul in Toronto. Oh, oh true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just not the day. He doesn't support his artists that he talks well, to. Well, no, I do. I really <laughs> do. Joking. Maybe I come in the morning. Or, no, I, I'm no, joking. Okay. I'm joking. Um, this was a blast. Thank yeah, you man, for thank coming you for in, Jess. Me. Thank you for setting this up. I'm glad this this was our first one because now I... Well, now it's kind of sucks for maybe your other artists because if they're not as good as him, then I might not like them. <laughs> this is a tough act to follow. Hey, oh. that was good like that um <laughs> pals if you made it to the end we appreciate you thank you this was a fun Cheers. one this is the longest one i've done solo too actually oh shit because after i had the intro this is gonna be like a 90 minute episode but pals we appreciate you thank you so much give grandma follow subscribe like do all those stupid fun things that we tell you to do every episode and other than that we'll see you next week guys cheers cheers you like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain and i don't Mistakes in every eye Got alone No one thing You're not alright I'm not alright